Hello everyone, welcome back to my channel and to Briar Rose. Obviously, this is season two. Well, chapter four. It's close to midnight by the time Knox and I finish our run. All too soon, we're both returned to our human forms and are driving back to the city. Knox keeps extra clothes on his property for when he shifts, but I go through mine at a much faster rate than he does. Right now, I'm wearing a pair of his gym shorts, which I have to hold onto with one hand or they'll fall down, and a black t-shirt that comes down to my knees. Plus, I like wearing Knox's stuff. It smells like him. That might be the wolfy of me, but what can I say? I am aware, after all. Still, it'd be nice to have my own stuff too. Ella and I really need to finalise our plans about going face shopping, I, can, I can't spend the rest of my life looking like a slob, not to mention the amateur paparazzi issue. Nothing says I'm a werewolf like walking around Manhattan barefoot in ill-fitting clothes with leaves stuck in your hair. I might as well wear a sign that says, Magicorum self is here. My gaze locks again on the rearview mirror. It might be my imagination, but is that the same black pickup truck that I saw before we left the city? Hey, uh, Knox. What's up? I gesture toward the mirror, but the pickup truck is gone. I thought I saw someone following us. And what did the... Knox's cell phone starts beeping like crazy. One sec. He pulls the device out of a cup holder and checks the screen. Damn, it's a text from Az. Something's up at Lucky's bar. Mind if we take a detour? Not at all. All thoughts of the pickup truck disappear from my mind. Azizi is not only Knox's honorary father, he's an old wear who grows weak by the day. Magic is all about balance. Azizi is a previous shift of warden. Knox is a new one. As Knox grows more powerful, Azizi moves closer to death. Did the text say what's going on? I ask. No, just to head over to Lucky's ASAP. Lucky's bar is a wear-only place. Azizi lives in one of the back rooms of Lucky's bar. Knox grips the steering wheel tight. Damn. I hope he's okay. He glances at his phone again, and now his phone is off. A chill settles over my skin. As usually stays in his wolf form, so rarely turns his phone on, let alone uses it. In fact, it's something that makes Knox a little crazy. Has never calls Knox to ask for anything, even if he needs a healer or food. Azizi is old school. No tech, no help. That makes his text super weird. Knox eyes me carefully. On second thought, maybe I should take you on first. I have no idea what we're getting into. My rebel reflex kicks in. I'm going. And after what just happened, you know, I'm good in a fight. A small smile rounds Knox's full mouth. That you are. We turn down the side street in Brooklyn, and there it is. A beat-up wooden house on the street corner lined with other beat-up wooden houses. There's a small sign reading Lucky's, and a flight of stairs going underground. Normally, there's no one near the place. Not so tonight. The place is overrun with humans. They stand in a long line down the darkened street, Men, women and even kids, all of them have cameras and expectant looks on their faces. 
As we tool up to the curb, a hundred cells lift in our direction. Voices echo through the night. They might be wares. Get it on video. Mummy, you promised to show me a real werewolf. In my opinion, that last comment was the ultimate in crazy. Seriously, who thinks it's a good idea to drag their kid to a bar in Brooklyn to see a werewolf? I scan the line of humans. A lot of parents, evidently. Knox kills the engine. This particular stretch of curb isn't a legal parking spot, but we don't have time to find a garage. The Mustang's windows are tinted. We can see out, but the humans can't see in. And based on what I see outside, the scene is all the markings of a disaster. Lucky's is aware on the club for a reason. The shifters of Camille do not want to interact with the humans. Knox thumps his palm on the steering wheel. Damn! There are wares at Lucky's with a serious vendetta against humans. This could push them over the edge. I lean over and grip his wrist. You stop me. You can help them too. At this point, I don't know what's more surprising. The fact that Lucky's is overrun with humans or that Knox knows so much about his fellow wares. Knox has been really clear that he doesn't want to be Alpha anymore. Looks like he's keeping an eye on some of his fellow wares anyway. Let's hit it. Knox and I step out onto the sidewalk and the place erupts. Everywhere folks are shouting for us to take a picture or tell us if we're really werewolves. Someone tosses a silver dollar at my face while shouting at me to tell them if I'm allergic to silver. A woman in some kind of robe chants in a made-up language while spraying lavender perfume in the air. All the while, she asks for my wolf form to come out. Thankfully, my wolf is still happily zonked out inside me, or she'd definitely freak out and shift at this scene. I hightail it toward the main door of Lucky's. The bouncer is a big guy. Should be. He's a werewolf. Knox pulls me against his side as he addresses the bouncer. What's up, Gage? Ward stopped working, says Gage. I've never seen anything like it. How's as easy? I ask. Is he all right? Not all right, replies Gage. More like amp to the max. The old wolf is calling for war. You two need to see him. Calm him down if you can. Gage shoves open the door. A wave of music, voices and smells pours out onto the street. Knox and I wave to Gage as we shove our way into the crowded space. Lucky's was always a snug space filled with lots of high tops and a long wooden bar. But it's never felt more crowded than it does now. Even with our extra shifter strength, it seems to take forever for me and Knox to reach the back wall. Humans cluster around anyone oversized and gruff-looking, thinking they must be aware. Unfortunately, they are spot on. A few have cameras and selfie sticks and are narrating their own YouTube channels. Smile at the nice wolfman while mummy takes your picture. Can you believe this, viewers? I found an actual shifter bar right here in Brooklyn. In terms of the werewolves, they're standing frozen in place, looking shell-shocked and ready to rip out the nearest throat. This situation has, like, seconds left before some bad shit happens. In the far corner, there's a door that leads to Azizi's room. It's been ripped off its hinges. Humans have jammed themselves into the hallway. Some are drinking, others laughing. Most seem to be pounding on the door, asking for the wares inside to come out and play. My breath catches. Azizi is behind one of these doors. I saw what that old ware did to the army of zombie mummies. He may look old, but Azizi can still kill with the best of them when his blood is up. Those humans... 
really don't want him to come out and play. Nox and I share a quick look. I can scent the worry and rage simmering on him. The smell of burning charcoal seeps from his paws. His wolf is close to the surface as well. Hints of golden light flicker in Nox's eyes. Not good. If the humans see that, we'll never get close to Azizi. Nox will get swarmed for sure, and then I shudder. Fortunately, while Nox's wolf is ready to appear, mine is still zonked out. I don't think we could handle this if both of us were ready to shift. I link my fingers to his. Follow me. Pulling on Nox's arm, I guide him through the crowded hallway. I may stomp toes and bump shovel along the way, but this is New York. You can't handle jostling in a crowd, move somewhere else. So we reach Azizi's door. Nox tries to open it, but the old wear is leaning against the wood. The door will open an inch or two, enough to reveal a wall of grey fur. That's definitely Azizi. It's us, Azizi, I yell. Nox and Bry, let us in. The door opens a crack. Part of a grizzled human face is visible through the shadows. I've never seen Azizi as anything but a wolf before. Now I can tell that his human side has a cocoa dark skin, a deeply lined face, and a shock of grey hair atop his head. He scans Nox and me for a moment before speaking. Come in. Nox and I slip into the room. Like always, the place looks pretty bare, concrete floor, no furniture. By the time we enter, as has already shifted back to his wolf form, instead of a grizzled old human, now a massive grey animal stalks the floor. For his part, Nox takes up Aziz's opposition of leaning against the doorway to keep the humans out. As his fur is standing on edge, and his eyes are golden bright, Thank you for coming. I need help getting these fools out of my den. If I go out there, I'll tear them apart. apart. You can call me any time. Behind Nox's back, the door shimmies as humans try to open it. What happened to the wards, As? You must find the fountain. Magic is changing. The fountain part is nothing new. There are wardens for all three kinds of magic. Where, warlock, and fairy. Nox is a ward from for shifters. Alec has a job for witches and warlocks. We don't know who's the warden for the fae. But all three of them are supposed to be guarding the fountain of magic. Trouble is, no one knows where the fountain is. My hobby, okay, more of an obsession, is translating the book of Isis to try and find the fountain. In fact, I've spent years dreaming about ancient Egypt and translating ancient papyri. All of it about the Book of Isis. So the fountain part isn't new. The other stuff is a revelation, though. What do you mean? Magic is changing, I ask as. The wards were strong. They simply changed from wards to beacons. Attracted humans instead of repelled them. Alec placed about a dozen warding spells here to keep humans away from luckies. There are castings to hide the building, cause irrational fear to anyone who gets close. You name it. To human eyes, they look like regular rocks on the sidewalk. That doesn't make sense, says Knox. Alec is a strong wizard. I've never seen one of his spells fail. Not fail, corrects Azizi. Flip. All magic is changing now. Knox and I share a long look. If magic is changing... It probably means something not good for the wardens who guard it. How does this affect Knox, I ask, as finally pauses for a non-stop pacing. I don't know.
I can't think with all these humans around. I must get these wolves out of my den. We're on it, says Knox. As sits and tilts his massive head. You stop it, growls Az. I need to speak with Briar Rose, alone. Knox and I exchange another long look. His scent changes again. This time it has an acidic tang of worry. I'll be fine, I say. Clear out the humans before trouble starts. No police, warns Az. They keep lists of shifted ends. This is my home, not some animal preserve. Right. Knox pulls his cell from his pocket and punches a f- few buttons. Hey, Alec, I need a favour. Lucas is overrun with the humans. I need you to get over and help me clear this place out before I kill anyone. Oh, and you have to cast some new wards. No, I don't know what happened to the last of the set spells. As says magic is changing, you need to... Get your game up here. Knox listens for a minute, then focuses on Az. Alec wants to know if wrapping his new wards in solidity spells will help them stick around. Solidity spells. Az narrows his golden eyes. Yeah, that should work. Knox speaks into his phone once more. Az says solidity spells should do it, so get over here. What? No, I don't care if you're still playing Kazimir's game with Ella. Transport your lazy ass to Lucky's. He pushes and call, and jams the phone in his pocket. That guy makes me crazy sometimes. He likes to push your buttons, I say. Knox and Alec have been friends since they were kids. Alec has made teasing Knox into a kind of art form. All of a sudden, a bright orb of red light appears inside the room. Warlock magic. I wince. Covering my eyes and my forearm, forearm as the brightness grows and takes the form of two people. With a final burst of red light, the spell ends. Alec and Ella are here. On a side note, I'm glad to see that they both showed up and changed since I last saw them. Now they both wear jeans and long henleys. As always, Alec has paired his look with a sports coat. No doubt, the thing is packed with, with wizard gemstones. Alec thinks that man bags of stones only advertise you're a wizard and he likes to keep his skill a secret. As lifts his chin, good to see you, wizard. He then focuses on Ella. And the ward of Blackavir, welcome. Blackavir is Ella's fairy godmother. Turns out, as has been around hundreds of years, and knows pretty much everybody and everything. That's how he could tell if a solidity spell would work. Knox glares at Alec. Thanks for making time. Always, Alec winks. Seems you have a human problem. Alec reaches into his pocket and pulls out a handful of gems. All I need to do is cast a few spells. Fear, extra speed, loss of memory. That way, they'll want to go and not remember a thing about this place. They ought to do it. And I'll use my powers too, adds Zilla. I'll ask them to leave, not come back, and forget the place existed. Only I use my natural charm, not magic. She winks at Alec. His tan face reddens. Will that work? asks Knox. Ella is fey, I explain. Part of their magic is that she can convince anyone to do pretty much anything. Sounds good, says Knox, and I'll usher people out the door and try not to kill anyone. He focuses on me. How about you? Briar Rose will stay and keep me company, says Az. My brows lift. I will. Az has never asked to spend time alone with me before. Knox's stone stiffens. I can send his protectiveness from across the room. What's wrong, Az? This is for Briar Rose alone. As is a deep voice that says, I mean business. 
Knox focuses on me. You cool with that? I'm fine, I say. Go clean out Azza's den. It doesn't take long for Alec, Ella and Knox to leave the room and get to work. Within seconds, the noise of human voices and overloud music starts to die down. My friends are clearing out the bar without too much trouble. In fact, the humans even stop pounding on the door to Az's room. I cross the floor to kneel beside him. What's going on, Az? He shifts his massive wolf head to the right to focus on me. Tell me about these dreams of yours. The ones of ancient Egypt. Shock prickles across my skin. How do you know about that? Azizi chuckles. I know a lot of things. Let's just say being alive for hundreds of years has its advantages. His voice lowers. Tell me about your dreams. I see ancient Egypt. A room full of papri and knocks. But I haven't had them since I shifted a month ago and started dating knocks. Why? Should I still be having them? Yes. In them you'll see the void. An ancient being. Um, as magic rises again, so does the void to swallow it up. The void? That can't be good. Maybe I have seen any strange figure in my dreams. What does the void look like? I was hoping you could tell me. Asmos to lie down, rest his muzzle on the concrete floor. If you saw him, you'd know. The void is a fearsome enemy. His words make my hair stand on end. I thought I was done with fearsome enemy thing. Wasn't fighting Jules bad enough? That guy was king of the zombie mummies. Jules, he was nothing. <sighs> As he huffs out of breath. You're getting stronger. As you grow in power, so do the Void's followers. The Void's followers? Do you mean the Ramar's zombie mummies? My sources tell me that the Denari are gone now. All of them? Do you know if we got Reggie? Asked Squints. Who was he? Reggie was this nutter Denari that Knox had locked up in the basement of Alex's office building. That Denari. As not slowly. The one who escaped. That's the one. Is he dead? As sniffs. If my sources say all the Denari are dead, then that means Reggie as well. I wince. Somehow, that answer doesn't feel as comforting as it should. We don't have time for the Denari, continues Az. The followers of the Void are the Shadow Vin. They are creatures of ancient magic who are returning to our world. The hairs on the back of my neck stand on end. What does that mean? You haven't had a dream of the Void yet. He possesses ancient magic. That power will wipe away every word I've said until the Void deems... The time to be right. Keep translating, Papri. When you meet the void in your dreams, you'll remember this conversation. I'm going to forget talking to you? I wince. It doesn't seem real. The moment you step out into the hallway, yes. Azizi sighs. In a case, after you dream, you will start to remember. When that happens, come see me. I'll do what I can to help. Thank you. The void and the shadow vin. It all seems too awful to be true. A loud crash sounds from inside the bar. I better go check on my friends, I tell Az. Thank you again for everything. Az closes his eyes. Until you dream again, he says in his low voice. 
I leave the room and step out, step out into the now deserted hallway. As I pass over the threshold to Azza's room, a flash of white light fills my vision. An arctic chill crawls across my skin like thousands of frozen needles pushing into me at once. Magic is at work. For a moment, my head feels as white and empty as the light around me. After that, the hallway returns to normal. I scrub my hands over my face. There was something important that Azizi was telling me, but it all seems like a dream now. The memory feels just out of reach, then it disappears entirely. I step around in a slow circle. What was I doing here again? I check on my inner animal. Mm, she's still conked out after the battle with Knox. That thought kicks my mind back into gear. I'm here with Knox to help us from the humans. Speaking of which, where are the humans anyway? The hallway is deserted. The humans are gone. I'm about to check on Azizi one last time when Ella steps into the hallway. What was that crashing? I ask. Now that the mortals took off, the wares are fighting one another. That's pretty typical. Ella steps closer. What did Az want to talk to about? He asked me about my dreams and then... I mean, I shake my head. For some reason, I can't recall anything after that. I'm about to ask Ella what that means when I hear more crashing from the main bar, followed by the low whisper of a high-pitched female voice. Knox is mine. With my new wear senses, I hear the possession of a rage echoing through the strange woman's voice. My inner wolf, who'd been fast asleep after a fight with Knox, perks right up. Any thoughts about discussing my conversation with us disappear? Our mate is being claimed by another, my wolf growls. He is ours. A surge of primal energy moves through me. My wolf is right. Knox is my mate and no one else's. My hands clench into fists as I take off toward the bar. Ella follows along behind me. What's wrong? she asks. Your eyes have gone all golden. Someone is taking and talking about Knox. I didn't hear anything. You wouldn't, I say. It's a wolf thing. I kick open the door to the main bar. Then I see it. Somewhere girl in all denim outfit who's draped across Knox as she's kissing him. I've never been angrier in my life. Neither has my wolf. Whatever happens next, one thing is certain. I'm ready for a fight. And that is the end of that chapter. Thank you for listening to this part. She may just fight here in a werewolf form. We don't know. <laughs> Hope you join me for the next chapter, guys. And many blessings.